Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phil Sinclair Investigates podcast. Today, we have the fantastic Richard Lale Lillard on the show. And it's, I, I, I can't explain how it, it, it's an honor to have him on. I sent him a message thinking he, he'll not be interested in doing anything like this. But <laughs> is, if he answered back within, within five minutes and said, I'd love to. And that, you know, and, and that is just a credit to you. You know, that is, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, um, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. No, it's, it's a pleasure is all mine. Um, so, so people may not know who you are. There's people who will know who you are. But for those who doesn't know who you are, can you give a little explanation of, you know, who you are, what you're about, you know? Let Certainly. Know. Absolutely. So uh, my first name is Richard Lale. The full name is Richard Lale Lillard. Richard Lale is one name, not two. If I were just Richard, I would be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I have, I am a psychic and a medium. And I used to be a psychic and a small, but I gained some weight. <laughs> and uh, I have myself, I, don't worry about it. <laughs> And I am, I'm well known for my appearance on Ghost Adventures, on Jubilee Media, on various other shows, and, and uh, I'm a paranormal investigator. I, uh, like I said, psychic and a medium, and um, world traveler, one of those things. There we go. Brilliant stuff. So, people, how did... Um... I don't want to talk about ghost adventures all the time. But oh, we we'll, can talk about ghost adventures. We can start um, off with that. No, no, I want, I want to talk about you. Uh, you know, I'm not just one to, but we will, people who are watching will be interested in ghost adventures. So how did that come about? You know, how, how, did, how did you end up on ghost adventures? Well, it's kind of a funny story. So um, I, I, I was doing other work in Los Angeles. I was the master of ceremonies at, at the Beetle House at the Tim Burton inspired bar. I've been reading Tarot. I've been psychic since you know forever. I would do parties and events and things, but I never thought I would I would focus on that as as far mm -hmm. as monetary. And uh, then there were some there were some cosmic shakeups, if you will. Things sort of went askew, and I said, okay, well, let me think about this clearly. There are things that I have to accomplish. And so I just posted on, on my Facebook feed. I said, um, you know, I, am, I have always been a clairvoyant, but now I'm coming out publicly and I'm offering it to my friends. And so people started coming. They started enjoying it. Um, one of the reviewers who became a friend, she, she, she wrote, he's a, he's a gentleman and a psychic. And I went, oh, I like that. That's what I want to be is the gentleman psychic. And then from that, I got invited onto a podcast with my friend Frankie Franck, another paranormal investigator. And through that, I met my good friend, Patty Negri. And Patty, they, 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 they asked her at Ghost Adventures, they said, do you know anyone who is haunted, who has kind of a nicer place that could be investigated? And she says, I have just the guy for you. So they called me up and they said, would you like to do it? I said, absolutely, why not? And then the rest is, I suppose, as, as it's colloquially known as history. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is a fantastic episode, the Pasadena Ritual House episode, which is what, what the episode is called. And it just, just your persona just commands that screen. You, you know, it's just like, it's just like, wow, who is, the, you know, this guy, you know, <laughs> it's... Um, 
and no, it's not. It, it's it's a fa- it's fantastic. I mean, to be charismatic, and um, and it's got and the evidence found on the episode is pretty incredible as well, especially with the uh, with the with the Ouija board with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it starts. It kind of starts spelling his name, but it, you know, not quite fully. But to get the idea of that, mm-hmm. you, can, you, you can see it on the guy's faces that this is a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that, that did make me laugh. There was the funny thing that happened. They they said to me, originally they just interviewed me, and then they then they said, "Hey, can you do us? Can you do us a, a séance?" And I said, "Sure, why not?" So they go in the other room and they're doing their EVPs, and I'm I'm preparing myself for the séance. I've put on my ceremonial attire, and I'm I, I I've I've got my rum out, and I'm meditating, <laughs> and the glass of rum on the table starts doing this. It starts vibrating. And just as that glass starts vibrating, they get an EVP that says, take a drink. And Zach says, take a drink of what? Of blood? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. And, you know, <laughs> didn't did it, did it in the episode, did it, they say that used to be a bar area in, in where there was? And, and then Zach's like, no, I don't... One, one, I think it's Billy, he says... I think take a drink. Didn't this used to be a bar? And Zach's like, no, I think they meant blood. And I just thought, I was, yeah. I, I just thought, yeah, I, I was, just, yeah, I, I was, I was in the other room and it was all I could do to keep from laughing at that because I'm looking at the glass and the rum is, is stirring in the glass. And I just went, no, silly. It's the rum. It's the rum. That's what yeah. it is. And then when I, when, when we did the seance and I said, and now we take a drink. And Zach goes, oh, it makes sense now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Zach. I, he's, no, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's I, really professional and really kind. Well, he's, he's over, and that's why people watch him. You know. Yeah, no, he's he's he's, he's and the, the evidence is real. There's nothing fake yeah. about it. They are over the top. He's over the top. But it is, it's his personality. Every they don't fake anything. It's really good. Definitely, yeah. It's um. It's really good. Like I say, if you haven't checked the episode, it, it will be on Discovery Plus if you got that. And just just check that episode. I think it's season 20, 19, I think it is. 19, 19. I believe it's 19. Mm-hmm. 19, yeah, it's it's that one. Yeah, so it's all good stuff. And you say Patty's your good friend, is she? Yes, Patty Negri and I, we we we, uh, we do events together. And, and she and I, we, you know, she's the good witch. Mm-hmm. And I'm the Satanist, but... Even though we, we approach things slightly differently, we, we actually, when I have been on her show, she'll say, and the nicest Satanist I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, just tell me a little bit more about the Satanism then. So people, people always seem to assume Satanism with bad and mm-hmm. you shouldn't, this is bad. And, you know, it, I, without offending people, it's like we can believe in God, but we can't believe in the devil is that is that's what we've kind of but you'll give people your opinion if you may of your sure what what is satanism to you i don't believe in i don't believe in god and i don't believe in the devil i don't believe in a literal either i think that energy is energy and it's neither positive or negative and frankly the universe doesn't actually care one way or the other what happens and i think that sort of is the law of order so uh, to use the image of, uh, of the devil, 
it's sort of it's sort of the way that a lot of there's Buddhist Buddhists are either atheistic or theistic. Mostly they're they're atheistic. They they believe sure there was a Buddha that existed and he achieved a higher state of mind and this is the symbol that I want to achieve. And much is the same way in Satanism is that most Satanists are atheistic. There are some theistic ones, but those are oftentimes referred to as reverse Christians. Mm -hmm. So it's just a symbol. It is. It, it, it helps us to attain, to remember that mankind is an animal, that uh, we can perhaps bend the will to, to suit ours, but mankind is an animal, more, more or less. Right. Yeah. So that is an explanation for you folks out there. Uh, so when did you know that you uh, had a, an ability to, uh... Oh, well, that's the funny part. So since I was a kid, a little, little boy, um, I knew things. I would, I just, I thought everybody knew things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then I think the first really time of my actual knowing was when I was four, my father came down with French polio, Guillaume Beret, and uh, he, he died in the hospital and, um, he he was he was under the sheet he was cognitive the entire time but he he was he passed away but during this whole time of his coma and the whole thing people would ask me what do you want for your birthday and i said my father's coming home for my birthday and they would go oh bless which is sort of southern talk for you <laughs> dumb kid you don't know and then um I said, no, my father is coming home for my birthday, but I'll have him for 20 more years, maybe a little bit more, but he's coming home for my birthday. Well, he came home the day and the night before my birthday and I sat there coloring and my mom said, well, honey, aren't you excited? Your daddy came home for your birthday. I said, well, I knew he was going to. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah. so, so he, he was home for my birthday and then 20 years later, he died the day and the night after my birthday. Right. So, so uh, that was sort of the first time. But I mean, there's other instances, you know, growing up, little things that you would know and you'd go, oh, OK, well, I thought everyone would know things like that. Do you um, some people have been asking, each other, do you see, you know, say if you go to a haunted place, can you see the person or does it? You know, these questions I'm asking you, don't, please, I mean, I'm... No, I'm no, no, of course. I'm no way psychic. I'm a paranormal investigator and I... I approach my paranormal investigating with a completely open mind. You know, I sure. don't, I don't say, I don't say this person, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just. There have been times where I have experienced strangeness. There have been times where I swore that I was seeing a person. And there were times when I could hear the conversations in my head and I would relay it. Um, one of the funniest times I was, I, I actually saw a person. This was this is one of the times I actually got scared. I never get scared, but I walked. We were we were in my friends and I. We were in um, Virginia City, at, at, which is it's an old West mining town, eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies, and uh, we were at the old Washu Club. So I walk into the room and I I sensed that there was a woman standing there, and she's in this full gown and she's looking over. At at someone standing in the corner and I look over and I physically see boots and legs and I go up and there's a body there, but there's no life. 
there is no life. And I run out, I go, no, 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 no. And then I go, okay, that's silly. We all turn the lights on. We go back into the, we, we have our cameras on our phone. We turn it on and it's a mannequin sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> the mannequin scared me more than, than any sort of extra sensory perceptions. Brilliant stuff. Um, so if there's a person out there who's, who, who feels ha- they've got these, these abilities, uh, but they're frightened to tell someone about it or they feel embarrassed to um, tell, you know, just to, what would your advice be to that person? Would you say well, go ahead and with your feelings? Or? Of course. Uh, the thing is, people are always afraid of being ignorant or being stupid or seeing being seen as foolish and i i have not been immune to it completely either but i have come to a point where now i just say what i i say what i say and if it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and i don't apologize for it and that's what i would suggest for anyone is that you say what you say and it will more than likely mean something to the other person um people will think you're mad people will think you're and that's okay, you know. Yeah, if you think if you don't do it, you you'll never be yourself, will you? So it's um, you it's you know, and it's a bit off topic, but it's a little bit much like sexuality as well. Sure, you know, it, it's you just if if you are this person and that makes you happy, then mm-hmm. just just do it, just just do it. I would hate anybody to be out there to feel as though they they couldn't be who they wanted to be mm-hmm. you know so that is a good advice for anybody out there so if you, you know if you just just kind of feel as though you've got some kind of but embrace the ability embrace the ability um i would like to ask what who's helped you mature your ability who's guided you who's been your main influence my In, main did, influences um well you know what i i i, I am quite a fan of of 19th and 20th century occultists, Alistair Crowley comes to mind, mm. Anton LaVey comes to mind, um, Madame Batvlatsky comes to mind, even the, I love the spiritualism of the 19th century that was so wrought throughout England and the, the United States in the 19th century. That's really, that's really where I sort of draw my inspiration from. Um, more contemporary wise, who has been my inspiration? Oh goodness, I, 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 that's really a hard one for me because it sort of is just. I, I read a lot. I read a lot of things, and I, I study a lot of things, and I, 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 I don't always know where things come from, but I go, oh, this is what it works for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like anything else. It's like, uh, like. It's like sing a song that I like. I was watching a, uh, I was uh, watching a, a Bob Dylan documentary last night, and it was people was talking to him in, at this press conference, and they was talking to him like he was some kind of a god, and like he was just this. All these songs he wrote, they all thought that he was just this. And Bob Dylan's just sat there, and he's just like, I, I don't know. I just write the songs. There's no, you know, there's, there's no. There's no hidden message behind everything I write. I write the songs, and you know, and that can be very much to you know from your influences as well. You know, so what is the best compliment you have ever received? 
brought your work or any general? The best compliment. Uh, oh, goodness. Well, you know what? One of the things that I I do, I'm an artist, I paint, and, and I'll get to why this was important to me. So years ago, I had an art show, many years ago now, and this woman came up to the, to my painting, to the canvas, and she had to feel it, she had to touch it. Mm -hmm. And she said, I, 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 I knew it was paint, but I, I just had to feel it. I had to see for myself because it was so realistic. I, had, I, I couldn't believe that I, I wouldn't feel the intricate carvings on this piece. And um, as a magician, that sort of is what I do. So um, I, I tell people, people, you know, people will come and they say, oh, I only want light, love and light, love and light. Great, love and light is good. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that the light is not always truthful. The light can make things that are far away seem much closer or something that is beautiful to seem ugly and vice versa. Lighting is powerful. It changes the colors. It changes col uh, uh, complexions. It changes shadows. The darkness is actually the truth. Everything in the dark is what it's going to be. It doesn't pretend to be anything else. The problem with walking in the dark is that you don't know what's coming, that you could fall, you could stumble, you could trip, you could, you, there could be beasts hiding behind trees, who knows. But real power lies in walking in the darkness but holding the light and commanding the shadows. So that way then you can bend reality to your will. So the greatest compliment that I had was, I thought that this painting would be three-dimensional. That's it, and there you go. And your ability, is there anybody you've really helped with your ability? Like you've saved somebody, needed some guidance and... There have been a lot of people that I have helped. Um, Many, many years ago, when I was, uh, I was uh, playing Freddie Mercury, mm -hmm. I, I had lived in London for a while, and then I, got a, I, I, I randomly received a gig in Greece. And I, I went over to the Isle of Corfu. I mean, Isle of uh, Corfu, Sidari town. I was in Sidari. And I had finished my set as Freddie Mercury, and I, I thought, boy, there's something very strange. There's something very strange. I walked back to the, to the little, little flat and I said, something strange. I feel like I need to go back. I'm not hungry, but maybe that's it. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe that's it. So I went down to the little late night cafe and I sat there and I had a little bite. And I thought, no, there's something very strange. So I, I, I felt like I needed to go to the beach, go to the beach, go further, further up the beach, further up the beach. And I, I passed on my way on this late night stroll, I passed these two broad shoulder, big Greek men, big guys. I was there for, oh God, I was there for six months. I had never seen them before or afterwards. And uh, I climbed up on the sunbeds and I sat there and I began to meditate on the sea and on the power of, uh, of emotion, all of these, you know, as one does in meditation. And my eye was momentarily drawn. There was a man and a woman playing out in the sea. They were laughing and playing and everything was exciting. And then I thought, okay, I'm focused back now on, on my meditation, focus now on the meditation. Before too long, this woman comes running by me this way. Her hair is wet, she's holding her shoes and some other bloke is behind her and he's, he's pursuing her and he's, he's addressing her 
in a manner of way that would not be befitting of a lady, calling her all manner of names. And I, I thought, okay, I need, to, I need to watch this. I need to see what's going on. Well, the next thing I know, he's got her down on the ground. He's kicking her and he's tossing her, hitting her over the head with a bag of takeout, calling her all manner of names still. And I stood up and I put my hands on my hips. I stood up and he comes running at me. He says, mind your own business. I'm having a fight with the missus. Mm. And I said, I said an expletive, but basically it was, don't touch her. So he comes running at me and he says, I'm bigger than you are. I can, I can take you out. I can break you in half. I said, hold that thought just a second. Hold on just a second. And I go over to those two Greek men and I say, hi, excuse me, come with me. Hi, right here, right here, like this, right here. Stand right here. So uh, both of them stood by and I said to him firmly, don't touch her. Well, she goes off, he kicks her. She falls flat on her back. I said, hey, and these two men, they swoop in like this at him. And he looks up at me and he has a look of sheer, unadulterated terror, like I've never seen. He goes running off and I reach my hand down. The woman says, he's bigger than you are. He could have hurt you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Then she sees me. She says, oh my God, you're Freddie Mercury. I'm so embarrassed. I was going to come and see your show. I'm so embarrassed. I said, it's quite right. She says, what were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning? I said, you know, I was here for you and I was here for him. And I said, he has a child, a, a boy from a, a, another, another marriage, another, another woman, another, he has a child. Yeah, she, she said, he does have, he does have a, a boy, a child. I said, well, I'm here for all of you, but the, that boy would have lost his father tonight in one way or another. And, um, I'm here for you. So we sat and we talked a little bit for 15, 20 minutes maybe. And then he comes sheepishly back and she gets really anxious. And I said, no, no, no. He says, I'm not going to hurt you. I said, I know that. I wasn't afraid of you half an hour ago. Why would I be afraid of you now? And she, he goes, so that's why I want to talk. And I said, you to her. I said, it's okay. Go back to your hotel now. It's fine. I'll talk to him now. So he sits down, he says, what were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning? I said, I was here for you and I was here for her and I was here for your child. And I said, but furthermore, when you both walked by me, when you went by me, I, in my mind's eye, I saw a knife and it was covered in blood. There was water running from the tap. There was blood everywhere, lots and God. lots of blood. I don't know what that means, but that was, mm -hmm. And he turned pale and he goes, oh, um, well, she's a product of abuse and uh, her, her mother murdered her father and there was blood everywhere and she did so with, with a knife because she couldn't take the abuse. I said, well, I don't know if that was what I was seeing or if it was here tonight, but I'm telling you that if this would have continued, your child would not have had a father. Either you would have wow. been dead or she would have been dead and you would have been deported, you would have gone to prison. Either way it is, and I, I said, well, you know, the truth is you don't love each other. He says, no, but I got jealous. I saw her being happy and I wanted to give her that happiness. And, and I, I, I know I'm not the man for her. I said, then, then why, are you, why are you wasting your time, both of you? Mm -hmm. So I don't know whatever happened to them, but it reminded me as, as they, they both had asked me, 
what are you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning? And at that point, I didn't see those Greek men run after it. I saw them swoop in. I didn't see them afterwards. And so I was, I was so grateful that I did see them because it gave me a little bit of courage that I might not otherwise have had. But I think that in that case, I, I, I was able to sort of change the hand of time, as it were. Brilliant. Brilliant. Answered the question above and beyond there. Thank you very much. Um, what is something that people misunderstand about you? What, what is <laughs> something, you, you know, go right ahead, you know. Oh, there's plenty of things people misunderstand. Um, for one thing, when people look at me, um, a major thing is that they think, oh, you're, you're an out you're an out Satanist. That means that you eat babies and that you, you sacrifice animals. That's nothing is further from the truth. Satanists do not ever do that ever under any circumstance. Um, there, there are rules about not taking, not taking away the freedom of choice from another person, another being. Um, we only eat meat when we are hungry or when, if we're in danger is when we would, would, would harm an animal. Now, I'm not a vegan. I wish I were, but I'm allergic to plants. Mm. Another thing that people sort of misunderstand about me is they have seen me on the videos. They've heard me speak. They've heard. They think that I've put on airs. They think that I am dressed like a vampire. They think that I am um, somehow acting or somehow being fake. And uh, I, I like to think that nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, it's uh, does uh, does t does take quite you know to say you know with your with your dress and things like that. That's quite the act, you know, to go through. I mean, that's just you, you know. You that's mm -hmm. what you want to wear, you know. So this outfit I'm wearing today is because I want to wear that. You know, I could have come onto this live stream and wore tra a tracksuit top or trainers, you know. But no, I I. I like I like smart clothing. I you know I like and that's what. And but we're all different at the end of the day. Sure. If we're all if we're all the same, the world will be a boring place. That's wouldn't sure. it be? <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely uh, boring. Definitely boring. So let's touch upon this Satanism some more, if we don't mind. Um, sure. See, so we don't want to get nervous around the subject. So, how did? You think, right? I'm going. To, I'm interested in this. I want to pursue this. Or when will that? When was that moment? Well, it's kind of a. That's kind of a long. I'll give you the abridged, and I'll I'll sort of take you on a journey. Yeah, you don't don't the, get in too much personal detail or anything. No, like I don't. Oh, I don't the, mind. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind at all. But um, I, I will tell you. So I had moved to San Francisco uh, after my stint in Europe. And sort of the, the deciding factor to go to San Francisco was I, I was I flew back from from Greece and then I was in Sweden and then from Sweden I I flew back into England I think I was at Gatwick Airport Look, mm -hmm. you know yeah. Gatwick <laughs> uh, anyway I was there at Gatwick and um, I picked up a magazine and it it, it had it, the article was about San Francisco and it said. A British gay man's point of San Francisco, and P.S. I loved it. So <laughs> I was, oh well, maybe I should go to San Francisco. 
So I went to San Francisco. Then that was where I started getting more into the occult world and into meditation. And at the time I, I was engaged and I said to my fiance, I said, huh, I think I'm a Satanist. <laughs> my fiance said, no, you're not. I said, oh yes, I am. Oh no, you couldn't handle it. I said, well, you, you think you're a Buddhist, but you're not. <laughs> so he went, I certainly am. And I went, then I'm a Satanist. He goes, oh, okay. So we were, uh, that was how, that was how that sort of, it was just one of those things where I went, this really speaks to me. But years and years ago, when I was a boy, I was raised in the Christian church, but more specifically, I was raised Pentecostal. I know it's not a big thing in the UK, but Pentecostalism, it's, it's kind of an American phenomenon. Uh, it, it, it started in 1909 and uh, in California, there was, there was a, a revival and these people had what they said was speaking in other tongues and they were rolling around on the floor. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite extreme Christianity. And um, this happened when I was a kid and it was very sort of hellfire and brimstone. And I remember them speaking about how that the devil was the most beautiful angel. And then of course, every depiction of him was with dark hair and dark eyes and with a mustache and, yeah. and, and you know, great body. And I went, you know, he really is beautiful. That really is so beautiful. I really think it's beautiful. It's very much like the depiction in the, you know, the Lucifer, is it the TV show? In, the, mm, yeah, know, they depict him as a very um, smart man and very cunning and very charming. A, that, that I, that's a funny story you bring up, Lucifer, the television <laughs> show. Because I was living in LA when that was being filmed. And for at least a decade, my Starbucks name was Lucifer. Mm -hmm. because it was funny lucifer your latte oh for crying out loud yeah. you know so i would have that and um i was a, i was a satanist and i was i was driving my classic roadster up and down hollywood boulevard and i had interactions with the street preachers and so when i watched episode one now living in los angeles if you're any kind of character they're all watching they're all looking for mm -hmm. ideas so these people, they, they would go on the street, they would watch and they would, I, I was quite well known in the area. So I'm, I'm convinced, and I don't think there's anything that can convince me otherwise, that that show was actually inspired by yours truly. Right. There we and go, I've you had, hear the earphone. I've had friends who have watched the show and they said, I feel like he's impersonating you. <laughs> you never know, that could be quite, that could be quite true. You know, so so with Satanism, so it does get kind of a uh, bad rap, you know, bad. Sure it does. Bad, sure it does. And but in your opinion, where, how who influenced that? As in as as in like a movie or sure, you know. You know well, I, I, there's a lot of things that go on. So you know, up until up until the 1960s, if someone was called a Satanist, it was usually followed with "Burn the witch." Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the Puritans on both sides, the, the, in England and Europe, there were, there were the, the witch trials. And then, you know, infamously in Salem here in the United States. Yeah. It, so six, was it in the 1600s? That, yeah, six, yeah. 16, um, I can't six, remember, the 16, 16 something. Yeah, it was that in that period. You, you know, if, it used to be a lot of that in the UK as well. I mean, it was horrendous. Absolutely. For the, horrendous for the women. And, and they... 
they would oftentimes associate it with the devil and being akin to the devil and worshiping the darkness. Um, but in the 1960s, well, after Aleister Crowley died in hmm. um, 1947, his message of free love really took off in the, in the early 60s. And then of course the Beatles had him on the album cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. And then in 1966, Anton Zandor LaVey created, founded the Church of Satan in San Francisco. And it became kind of a, it was a new movement and it, it, it attracted celebrities, including Jane Mansfield, Sammy Davis Jr., to name a few. Currently, one of the, the biggest ones is uh, Marilyn Manson. Now, the thing is, it was not a bad thing. The problem that happened was in the subsequent years, um, in, in 19... I think it was 1980, the book came out, Michelle Remembers, and it, it, it was about this woman who had dated her, she ended up by marrying her psychologist, and she, she basically spawned the satanic panic. Um, she said that she was abused as a child and that they would, they would take her to sacrifice animals and daycares were being investigated. Uh, and then you've got, in the 70s, you've got all of the, the serial killers that were really... Charles Manson. Charles know. Manson. Um, uh, what's his name? Richard Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of... There were a lot of serial yeah, killers. Yeah, Charles... Um, Richard Ramirez, he... He was. Do you think he was a saint? Did you? Think, no, you, I don't. Or do you think, think it was just he, an act? Uh, you know. I think. To... I think he was a reverse Christian. I think yeah. that he literally thought that he was doing the like the son of Sam, who thought that he heard the voice mm -hmm. of Satan through a dog. Um, I think that that was a lot of mental illness. I yeah. think because if you to be a literal a a theistic satanist to actually believe in yahweh and the devil and then think that yahweh is all good and the devil is all bad so you choose to be all bad i think that's personally i think that's insane because if you read the book then you know how it's it's a, if it's a christian energy you know how it's supposed to turn out for that mm. that energy um and then it's also the accepting of things that are ugly things that are bad things that are cruel that's not at all, if you, if you actually read the context of the Bible, that's not at all what the character of the devil does, at all. It makes me, a lot of people have an opinion about the Bible, but I want to ask, have those, how many people have actually read the Bible? You know, they have, you know, have you, have you you've, got, you've given me your opinion, but have you read that, um, you know? Back, I studied to become a minister, and I, that's part of the reason I left the church is because I read it front to back several times. And uh, in the Bible, the, the one who is supposed to be all good, which is God, Yahweh, is the one that commands genocide and rape and slavery and selling your daughter into sexual slavery mm -hmm. and um, talking about beating your child and murdering gay people and murdering witches and murdering non-believers and murdering people who work on the Sabbath and murdering people who wear mixed fibers. It's death, 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 death. Uh, Hemet Mehta, who's a, a, a well-known atheist, he did a, a series about all of the death, the death total. It was, and it was some ridiculous amount. It was something like 20 million people that this all loving God murdered. Mm -hmm. And there were 10 that 
the devil character murdered at the behest of Yahweh. Yeah. And that was in the book of Job. And he says, hey, Job. He says, yeah, um, that's because you've given him everything. Oh, yeah, well, take away his family, murder his, take away everything he has, don't touch his life. Take away his health, don't touch his life. Mm -hmm. So if God speaks, now it's all fiction, but if God speaks things into existence, then of course the devil has no choice but to be, to be, but to be the hitman. It's, um, it's, it's like uh, these people, you know, who, whose Christianity is their faith and things like that. It's, it's like my question to them, how do they explain the true disasters in the world and how can they explain that as on a Christian level? You know, I would, it, it, if, if, the, if there was a God, would he do this, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's well, a, you know, but people, like I say, people have, everyone out there is watching this, have got their own faith and- they, Sure, and that's fine. I don't, I, I, I will, people think that I would be against their faith and the truth is i would fight for people to have the right to believe whatever they want definitely the they're being told that they would be this is what they have to believe and you know but the that... problem is that when if if they could just hold it themselves and not vote to suppress gay people's rights mm -hmm. or um immigrants rights or women's mm -hmm. rights over their own autonomy that's that's where i have the issue and that, as a satanist that's the number one thing is freedom of choice so yeah. you know it's my body. I, why, why am I, why do I need you to tell me what to do with my body? That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's like people, it's people, you know, people believe if people, like it brings me back to the original topic. If you're happy and you're thinking, but please don't preach that on other people and people, let people make their own mind up just like we have, you know, that's, that's sure. kind of my, my way I have of looking had... at it. I've had, uh, <laughs> I lived in Hollywood, as you well know, and, and uh, I'm, I'm an odd character. I am such an odd, it, I always draw attention no matter how I'm dressed. So I remember once, now this is the predecessor to my, my roadster, which is now Mr. Satan, mm -hmm. but my predecessor was a roadster named Gloria and had a big angel on, on, on the, like a mascot in the front of it. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a, there was a man on the street who said to me, young man, pointing his finger, young man, you need to thank God for that car. He gave you that. You're not respecting But he didn't God. know, did he? It's some, an engineer, a metal worker, so I've given you and, I, you know. and I said, thanks. I paid for it myself. I sure wish somebody would have paid for it, but I worked my butt off for it. Yeah. And so he comes over and then he starts screaming all kinds of slurs about against homosexuality and all kinds and then started screaming in the name of jesus and i'm going you really think that's going to make me want to be like you because it doesn't yeah. but I, I honestly i i would fight for anyone's right to believe whatever they want as long as they are not pushing it on other people that's my thought we're, we're, we're both on the same level there that's my thoughts exactly um just yeah so you guys are was not familiar with richard lale um if you follow him on his social media he does these little impromptu live streams where he's he's driving around his you know his area his little car from like the 1920s and it, it's fantastic you know and it's fantastic and it's just yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's admiring to watch, you know. Um, well, I love it. I do. The car's name is Mr. Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the way of name. People, and... think, 
people think that it, that I'm Mr. Satan, but I'm I'm not. It's actually the car is Mr. Satan. So sometimes I have people go, but but why Mr. Satan? And I go, well, if you owned a classic car, you would understand. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a beautiful car. I mean, to say, is it is it every an old one or is it one it's that's been manufactured? Old. It's partially yeah, yeah. old. So obviously it's going to have all new inners and you know when you're working. Parts of the car. Um, parts of the car were done in the 70s. It, mm -hmm. it was it it was parts of it are 70s. But then there are old parts, like all of the accessories date back to the turn of the century. Yeah. The last century. <laughs> wow. Pretty crazy. Um, if anyone's in the chat and wants to ask any questions for Richard Lale, um write him in there and I'll um I'll answer whatever, ask whatever's suitable for him. And um, Lael, is that have a meaning for something? Is that it? Certainly does. I'm is so it glad. Something, you asked. everything to God, or is it a gift? You to are God very, you are it, very, yeah. you're very accurate. Yes. So um, I was born under the name uh, Richard Lael Lillard. It was the moniker that mm -hmm. I was born with. But growing up, people just called me Richie. And I didn't like Richie. I didn't like Richard. I didn't like Rick. I didn't like Ricky. I didn't like any sort of deviation. I liked Richard Lale, but I thought it was too much for people to say. So I, recently I was like, you know, this was right around the time of Ghost Adventures. And I went, no, I'm going to just go by the name that I was given. It's a great name. So Lael is ancient Aramaic or Lael, ancient Aramaic, Aramaic. And it means gift of God, chosen of God, belonging to God, directed by God. But there's more to it than that, because El was any one of the Middle Eastern gods of the day, and uh, it, he was oftentimes associated with the horned god. And yeah. uh, so the first name is Richard, the first part of the first name is Richard, and that, that is Middle English, which is um, powerful ruler, and then Lael, chosen of God, mm -hmm. the horned God, and then the surname of Lillard, or Liar in French, Lillard mm -hmm. in, in English. Um, it, it's a derivative of Lollard, which means heretic, witch, opposer of the faith, accuser of the brethren, mm -hmm. mumbler, spellcaster, <laughs> you know, nice things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy. So uh, did you say you've lived in the UK? If, I did. I briefly was in the United Kingdom. I was in London for a London. while. Uh, I was. I had been living in Vegas, and I was uh, a, a Freddie Mercury tribute. Uh, what you uh, like sang and did? All yeah, the, I did all. Uh, oh yeah, I did the whole thing. I was. That's what I did. But it's know? funny. It's funny you say that because when I first saw you, I thought he reminds me of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> you know and. But I didn't know that about you, and yeah, that's something I've learned just now, you know. But it's it's funny that you know it maybe it was some kind of written in the stars for you to do, you know. Written in the stars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I love I love Freddie Mercury. I, yeah, I like watching old interviews from uh, you know from the eighties. He's such a brilliant guy. Such a, he was. What a kind and gentle soul. I actually, when I was in England, uh, it was right around the time, I was there for several months, but it, I remember it was right around the time of Pride. Oh God, over a decade ago now. And um, I was at this little place called the Stallion 
way down on in the village, and it, it hasn't been updated since the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really it's cheesy, and this this fella comes up to me and he says, he's got tears in his eyes, and he goes, um, I never do this. I said, No, 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 it's all right, darling. And he says, No, um, do you know how much you like Freddie Mercury? I said, well, that's what I do. I, you know, I play Freddie Mercury. He goes, I don't think you understand. I, I, I knew Freddie. I, 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 I was, he was one of my dearest friends on the planet. He says, actually, I, I, I knew him through Kenny Everett. I was more friends with Kenny Everett first. Mm-hmm. And then, but Freddie said he was the nicest, nicest man I'd ever met in my life. Mad as hell, but the nicest guy. And he says, and you know, I see that same madness in your eye. And I, I said, well, you know, thank you. He says, I don't even know what to call you. I said, well, you can, you know, my, my name is Richard Leo, but you can call me whatever you want. He says, could I really call you Freddie? Could I? I said, well, I don't care. Call me Freddie. <laughs> he goes, good, because I can't call you anything else. And then I said, well, I'd like to be your friend. He says, I, I can't. And he began to cry. He says, I, I can't. I, I, I've seen impersonators and I've not been affected. And I have... I have heard the music and it's not bothered me, but right now in your presence, I, I, I yeah. feel like I'm, I'm with my friend and I, mm-hmm. it, it makes me miss my friend. Mm-hmm. And then later he, he, he did, I gave him my card. Later we went out for drinks and, and he, we just, we talked and chatted and it was, it was, it was healing for him at that moment. Yeah. So I watched the, an Elton John uh, document, uh, an interview with Elton John and he said he went to go and see Freddie uh, but like a day, a couple of days before he passed away, and he said that he had such a love for life that he was still buying things, and he still had antique catalogs, <laughs> and he was he was still like, and people like saying Freddie, you know, he, it's, but he he wouldn't, he was just living his life till the very last breath, you know. It's um, he had incredible. impeccable taste. Had he not been a famous rock star, he would have been interior decorator. Really good taste. My favorite, my favorite encounter, though, is when he encountered Michael Jackson. Are you <laughs> familiar with the story? I think I might have read it. But fill and Never Neverland. So long story short, they're at Never Neverland Ranch. And he's been given the tour. And uh, they end up in, in Michael Jackson's bedroom. And it's yeah. got this king-sized bed on the floor. There's no actual frame. It's on the, yeah, the mattress on the, on the floor. And the, the gold record, the platinum record for uh, Thriller is propped up against the wall. And Freddie says to Michael, he says, what's the matter, Michael? You can't afford a bed. <laughs> and Michael says, oh, I just like to be close to the earth. And Fred says, well, you're on the ground floor, Michael. How much closer you want to be in it? <laughs> yeah. And then he gets in the limousine and, with Peter Freestone, and they're you know they're excited that they just got to go to Never Neverland Ranch and meet this big rock star Michael Jackson. And Freddie Mercury turns over to to Peter Freestone and he says, "Michael Jackson, imagine all that money and no taste." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did he? Uh... Yeah, you always used to remark uh, on uh, David Bowie's um, clothing, and you're not you're like used to be like you're not going to go out wearing that, eh, David? Surely. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Somebody's just asked a question, and let's see if we can find it. It's from uh, Lauren. She says, 
what kind of content do you have on your channel? Sorry, that's your YouTube channel. What kind of content do oh, you make? All kinds. Uh, there's all kinds of things. So I do, it's all categorized. All mm -hmm. of my content is, um, sometimes it's magic. Sometimes it's, uh, it's thoughts. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's just video blogging. Sometimes it's Victorian etiquette. Sometimes, and, and weekly, the one that is most consistent as of late ha has been story time. So I'll read classic novels usually, you know, 19th century English novels. And uh, usually they have something to do with Satan, just even, even in the name only. And presently we're reading The Sorrows of Satan, written yeah, in 1896. Yeah, I've, I've, been watch, I've watched a few episodes of that, actually. Yeah, they're quite interesting. Mm -hmm. I've been following you on your uh, YouTube channel. I've been watching The Sorrows of Satan. Um, <laughs> they're very, very theatrical. It's very enjoyable. You should watch it. Definitely check that out. And is it the Gentleman Psychic YouTube? The, the Gentleman Psychic. I'm so easy to find. Uh, yeah. The Gentleman Psychic on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Uh, there, there, there may be some imposters, but you will know it's me. You will. I have a certain cadence even in my emails, so you'll yeah. know it's me. Yeah, you'll just uh, just check the posts and things like that. There'll be posts and posts and posts posted by Richard Lale. Just see if there's any more questions for you before we go. I leave you to enjoy the rest of your evening. People have said that you're a very, they've loved listening to your stories and you're a very interesting person. Uh, you've gone down very well tonight on this chat. And oh, this, thank you, my friend. And um, they, um, somebody Heather's just said they, you remind them of Johnny Depp. Huh? Well, I used to play Johnny Depp too. I used to play yeah. Johnny Depp's characters. Willy Wonka was the, um, and then Barnabas Collins, I would play. Um, what are the ones? I played the Mad Hatter once or twice, but I, I was never good at it. I didn't, I didn't like the Mad Hatter. I didn't like it. But I loved Willy Wonka and I loved Barnabas Collins and uh, Mordecai was quite good. Yeah, Johnny Depp is, uh, is amazing as well. He's uh, a really, really talented bloke, really guy. Uh, you've answered everything. So, I think. So, I'm really, I'm going to wrap that up there. We've been going nearly an hour, and I'm going to thank you so much, Richard, for coming on uh, this first episode. You didn't have to do it, but you've done it, and brilliant. And I hope everyone who's listening on the live stream and who will be listening later on the uploaded podcast will enjoy this. So it will be Phil Sinclair Investigates on, on Apple, Spotify, podcasts. So you can download that and it'll be episode one. I don't, I'm not sure what I'll call it yet, but we will um, put that down there. And we're going to leave that there. So thank you so much, guys. And I hope you all have a lovely evening. And thank you for watching. Thank you, everybody, and thank you for having me. It's no problem at all. Bye-bye.